0: Welcome to the Life Change Podcast. Panhandle Weight Loss Center is a unique surgical practice focused on changing lives. Our approach moves away from the singular goal of weight loss and encompasses one of overall health and wellness. This podcast explores a variety of topics inside the realm of health and wellness, including nutrition, fitness, lifestyle issues, and even surgery. The goal of this program is to inspire listeners to take a critical review of your life as we guide you towards a paradigm that translates to life change.
1: It's uh, Dr. Bo Nicoy and Chelsea Nelson, registered dietitian Hello. and knower of all things fiber <laughs> S- or not. Sort of, yeah. Okay. Um, so Chelsea and I want to do this podcast because we are in the business of health and wellness and we recognize that neither one of us know a drastic amount about fiber. Yeah. And this podcast is all about what we don't know about fiber. <laughs> so if you're listening to this, hoping to find out a lot about fiber, that may be part two, um, but we're going to dive in and, and start asking some questions and start trying to look in uh, the, the directions that we need to go and, and talk about, mainly because uh, of all the deficiencies out there, mm-hmm. we think that most people are deficient in fiber intake. That's right. Um, so what are your general thoughts on this subject? You don't have to dive into fiber yet. You don't yeah. have to...
2: I think that that is probably in the like American diet anyways the westernized American diet I do think that fiber is underutilized um, it's just one of those things that I mean you know you have to buy produce weekly because it's gonna go bad um, you've got to order it specifically if you're going out to a restaurant because it may not come with your meal um, so I think it's just kind of an afterthought you know most people it's protein and carbs and then the fiber that comes, in other places is just kind of missed out on. So I think it is, I think it's a big thing that we're all missing.
1: Yeah. I can remember as a kid, like there'd be things fortified with fiber, like fiber added. My grandpa would drink a V eight every day, uh, to get his (laughs) daily fiber,
2: um, the fiber one bars. Oh yeah. I think they're still around actually.
1: Oh yeah. So what's the problem with added fiber and fiber drinks and fiber supplements?
2: So, in general, I would say you know, fiber added just doesn't taste good. So they're going to have to add something else to make it taste good, which I think we've talked about before. But you know, there's either going to be uh, some carbs added, some sugar added, or it's going to be fried. I mean, there's a, a one of many things. I think.
1: Yeah, sign me up. That sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, what are your general thoughts on fiber when people ask you about, hey, what should I doing about, what should I be doing about this fiber? And I think we have to break this down into two conversations, surgery, if you've mm-hmm. had weight loss surgery, mm-hmm. and if you haven't.
2: For sure, because naturally, you know, as, as somebody who's limited on what you can eat, you'll naturally be limited on the fiber, but there's also different needs there, right, so. Um, In general, with fiber, I think people go about it the wrong way. People tend to go for more of those fortified food items. Um, One of my favorite ones is like the Belveeta breakfast biscuit things. Oh man,
1: that's a favorite among Uh, 45-year-old plus women. Yeah,
2: that's going to be on our next uh, 10 things that you think are healthy but aren't, that's going to be on that one. but things like that, or you're going all whole grains, um, you're going eating a ton of beans and lentils and things like that, which inherently are not necessarily bad, right? Um, But that's really not the best way to go about adding fiber to your diet. Why not just go the easy route and add in your vegetables, maybe a little bit of fruit, some avocado, some nuts, some seeds. I think variety is kind of the name of the game with fiber
1: okay well you you kind of dove off the cliff there on giving recommendations <laughs> so what's, that's what's, the uh that's yeah, let's uh, kind of dive into that a little bit more <laughs>
2: overview okay yeah. um well let's, i think it will go ahead
1: well kind of let's start off with what fiber is because i sure. think i know you worked a lot on this we we had conversations about soluble versus yeah. insoluble and so do you kind of give us a general overview of those two terms.
2: Yeah, this is where it gets hairy. (laughs) Okay, so in general, fiber is a carbohydrate. Um, So when you look on like a nutrition label, for example, you're gonna see it listed under total carbs. And that's because it is a carb, but it is a non-digestible carbohydrate. Um, So fiber is not one of those things that's necessarily in in and of itself going to increase your blood sugar, for example. Um, So the fiber portion, let's say, of the piece of bread that you ate, is not what raises that glucose. Um, So it's indigestible carbohydrates. um, And there's kind of two big categories and we can get really deep if we go further than that, but the big categories are soluble and insoluble. And so um, soluble basically means that it can dissolve in water and so it dissolves in your gut. Um, and then insoluble, it doesn't. And so they, and when we're talking about bowel movements, you kind of have two different mechanisms of action there. So the soluble, right, is going to uh, dissolve in the water and it's going to uh, kind of make things bulkier. Um, and then generally it can help with both, diarrhea or constipation. We're that's, getting into the poop talk. Yeah,
1: that's uh, the poop. Yeah. <laughs> when, did, when did I eat corn, right? <laughs> and
2: yeah. then insoluble fiber, it doesn't. Um, and so that's going to be something that kind of pushes things through your bowels a little bit quicker. So it doesn't, so it doesn't
1: get broken down. So like when I said, right. when did I eat corn? I yeah, mean, exactly. About. So it doesn't insoluble. get broken down. It's insoluble. Soluble right. gets broken down. It's a bulking agent. Right. So it pulls, it helps bulk the stool, uh, but it also pulls water into the into, colon. Right. Um, and so that's you know we kind of broke it down into to poop talk, uh, <laughs> but you know I've always viewed fiber to be also uh, so the the bacteria in your gut, uh, mm-hmm. so the small intestine and the large intestine, they need certain things to be able to function appropriately. Yeah. Uh, and um, and I've I've I, I can't say I'm a uh, i can not say i am ai know anything about this, but <laughs> from my understanding, the bacteria need a couple of things. They needs short chain and medium chain fatty acids. Mm-hmm and they need fiber right to be able to be healthy and reproduce and be the good little bacteria that we want them to be right when we don't give them those things they become the bad bacteria that we don't want them to be definitely um i think uh there's we, we won't get into gut bacteria because there's too many uh <laughs> that's where it gets big, really. big terms there <laughs> i know the big ones are firmicutes and mm-hmm. bifidobacter yep um and one of them I think Firmacutes is kind of the good the good one. That one helps maintain your weight and bowel movements. But people out there struggling with irritable bowel syndrome, mm-hmm. ulcerative colitis, Crohn's. I mean, they need to draw specific attention to these two things. Like if you're not at baseline taking care of your gut health, mm-hmm. um, I mean, all those fancy medications are are only gonna be band-aids, right?
2: Right, and and then you can also get into some of the stuff with people who are dealing specifically with like irritable bowel. Um, Unfortunately, a lot of these foods are the ones that you don't tolerate very well.
1: Yeah. Um, that, well, so, yeah, you know, <laughs> Here, <do this. laughs> that's no, don't difficult.
2: Do that. Um, but yeah, and you know, of course there's also other benefits to fiber, right? Like we're talking about blood glucose management. So your sugar levels, fiber can help to mitigate that. Um, it can help to lower your cholesterol levels. Um, it ha- helps you feel full. Um, and kind of satiety, you know, you feel, Hey, I had a good meal and I like, I feel good about it. It's not just like, Oh yeah, I'm full for three hours, but no, like you feel satisfied and full. So those are some other, you know, benefits of fiber also weight loss. I mean, um, there's a lot of studies that show that the more fiber you eat, uh, the more likely you are to lose weight and that's multifaceted, right? So it could be because of just the fiber, but more than likely it's because you're eating a pretty healthy diet if your fiber is where it should be.
1: Okay so when i first started thinking about fiber it was in the setting of the uh, primal health journey yes and so they talk about fiber coming from two sources fermented foods and vegetables mm-hmm. and they tend to advocate for people staying away from grain wheat um based fiber um yeah any any comments there am i is that is that wrong line I mean all the, all of our vegan and vegetarian friends would disagree with that but sure. uh I think th- when you take into consideration uh, the the GMO uh mm-hmm. the genetically modified you know grains and wheats and those are going to be the most modified ingredients right. in your in your dietary selection and so they they talk about the some of the toxins that kind of come along with the the grains and the wheats and uh things of that nature but You know, with with beans, Mm -hmm. lentils, I mean, Mm -hmm. do you have to worry about those kind of toxins that that come along?
2: I mean, yeah, they are still there. Um, And so that's where I think the variety comes into play. Um, So like if you're doing beans and lentils and legumes, that really shouldn't be your main fiber source. Um, But you know, throw those in a few times a week.
1: So what are your favorite fiber sources?
2: Uh, my favorite fiber sources. I like vegetables. Like I legitimately do. I can say that not just because I'm a dietitian, (laughs) um, avocado, love me some guacamole. Um, I would say black beans I like, uh, but it's not like one of my favorites. Um, and then probably hummus. So maybe like chickpeas
1: so I got a handy dandy chart pulled up here because uh. I know, I know nothing about the fiber content of foods.
2: Uh-huh. I actually brought one of these with me too. Yeah.
1: So <laughs> the, I'm looking at the, the highest per serving. Um, mm-hmm. so it looks like black beans are the highest. Is that, is that what you're seeing? Pretty high. Um, um I
2: actually have lentils being slightly higher. Oh, 15.6, 15. 6, 15. Yeah. Oh Not yes. Right. So yeah, yeah, I'm
1: looking at the same chart, I guess, and <laughs> lentils, but who, eat, who eats lentils? Like where do you even get them?
2: Uh, I mean, I'm assuming I mean, the grocery store has some a lot lentils. of Indian food. Um, that's usually where I would get lentils, I think. Uh, yeah, you can buy them at the grocery store. Uh, there's some really, if you have kids, um, there's some really good recipes where you can like hide lentils in food. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I would say the like standard American diet, people don't eat lentils very often.
1: Yeah. But, so, but, but every... Everybody out there that talks about this, those lentils out there. Yeah. But like who eats lentils? Right. right? <laughs> uh, looks like we have coming in pretty close third at artichokes. Artichokes. Mm-hmm. Also mm-hmm. one of those things who eats artichokes.
0: Not me. Uh,
1: and if they do, it comes in uh, the form a of dip. a can <laughs> oh. uh, or, uh, or a dip. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which no go there. Yeah. Avocados at 6.7 grams. Is that what you got? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Man, I didn't know peas.
2: Peas, yep.
1: Peas and berries. Peas and berries are about the same. Yeah. So berries are high in fiber, huh? That's right. So that brings up, you know, we, we've talked about this before with fruit juices. Mm-hmm. Um, so the problem with juicing, and it, this, uh, I was thinking about, I was going to bring this back up, with supplemental fiber. Mm. So it's been ground down, it's been put into a drink, It's so you've actually destroyed it. Right. Right. So that's the reason we don't believe, I don't believe in like the fortified fiber concept. And adding fiber to foods that we would normally eat, like uh, bread or sure. Belvedere crackers, or, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it's the same thing with fruit juices. Uh, so if you if you eat an apple, you get fru- fructose and sugar, mm-hmm. which you know by itself is bad, but it's combined with a bunch of fiber, right? Um, and so you you get that mitigated effect. The the fiber prevents that big spike of of glucose, a big right. spike of fructose, because it's combined. But when you juice it you've denatured and taken away all that, that fiber. Um, and so, you know, that's the reason I don't strongly recommend like the uh, Metamucils and the, Mm -hmm. because it's been ground down and denatured and boiled and probably has chlorine or something (laughs) on it. (laughs) Right. Um, so, you know, I think if we were going to say, Hey, these are the things to go out and gravitate towards, Mm -hmm. you know, vegetables and then there's these specific that are pretty high. Um, I forgot where I was going with that. (laughs)
2: Um, you know, I think that maybe just, it's kind of surprising which foods are high in, in fiber. Um, you also of course have like your nuts and seeds where people think those have a lot of fiber. They actually really don't. Um, they're kind of low on the list. I don't know if they're low on your list, but they're pretty low on my list. I don't, I don't see them on this list at all. Yeah. (laughs) So, Uh um, but then things, um, we've talked about oatmeal before. And lots of fiber there, but we've also got a lot of carbs. And that's one of those things where it's like getting back to, you know, kind of how things are in nature. Do you really find things that are just carbohydrate? Really, you don't. Um, So you got to be careful on where you choose your fiber from.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's pretty amazing to look at this list um, because things that we generally think like Mm flaxseed, that's pretty low low per serving Mm -hmm. fiber wise. And then I'm surprised by berries and peas. I mean, yeah. That's pretty, pretty awesome. Broccoli, broccoli's up there, you know, so yep. you can, and, you know, Brussels Spinach sprouts. is up there. So let's, uh, let's do a little search on fiber sources that are just vegetables.
2: Mm. So oh. let's see, artichokes, uh, potatoes, you know, they actually have a good amount. Um of fiber in them, sweet potatoes in particular.
1: Uh, this list says it emphasizes sweet potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so let's see. This is good food sources of fiber. We got avocado once again. Yes. The berries are up there. Uh, prunes.
2: Of course. Yes. Uh, I,
1: think un, I think the problem with prunes is they advertise fiber, but it's in the uncooked mm. fashion. How many people are eating uncooked. raw? Yeah, I, don't I don't know. know. Hopefully, um, spinach, uh, pretty high. Sweet potatoes, pear with skin, with skin. Apple mm-hmm. with skin, broccoli, uh, kale,
2: mm-hmm. collard greens.
1: Oh man, I love some collard greens. Yeah, these if people, they're cooked these people right. up here in the panhandle, don't eat collard greens. No, though, man. Well, <laughs> we grew up. Yeah, food, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah collard <laughs> greens is like a uh, daily occurrence it's for sure. Kidney beans. Kidney beans. I mean, how often do you eat kidney beans?
2: Every time I eat chili. Oh, so yeah, In the a winter. Good point. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So it's a winter-only food. Yep. Okay. Artichokes navy. once again making an appearance. Mm-hmm.
2: Navy beans is another one. I don't know. I don't eat navy beans a whole lot, but
1: I'm, I prefer the army and marine beans yeah. over the navy beans. <laughs> um, let's see sources of dietary fiber. Different websites. So now you can see how the debate goes because every every time I go to a different uh-huh. website, there's a different mm-hmm. recommendation.
2: Yeah, this is the hard part. It's like, can you really figure it out? Which foods have the most fiber? I don't know.
1: Yeah. I'm not going to even comment that one. There's some pretty bad stuff on that <laughs> list. Uh, so this is from my food data. Uh, Navy or, or also known as the haricot bean. Hmm. But you didn't know that I
2: did not know that uh,
1: <laughs> avocados chia seeds, which on the previous list was, was low. Uh, low uh, mm-hmm. But now they're they've moved up number three and the peas have been pushed to number five on this list. <laughs> um, so I think some general takeaways. Get your fiber through vegetables. Yep. Um, focus on a few uh, specific ones that, that have, you know, the biggest bang for their buck. Yep. Um, avoid added fiber. hmm You know, bulking agents and, um, you know, rein- what, you, what would you call that?
2: Reimagined? Yeah. Re- reimagined, <laughs> reimagined cookies.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> All right. What about fermented fruits? Do you ever recommend that to our patients? Fermented
2: foods or fruits?
1: Fermented foods. Okay. Fermented like, are, are we talking rye. about wine? Yeah, wine. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. I think, I mean, as far as gut bacteria goes, fermented foods are the way to go. I mean, if we're talking about like, Sauerkraut or pickled foods or uh, you know like the kefir and things like that. Um, so is I would it, is absolutely, it kefir or kefir. Know. Uh, you know I don't really potatoes know. potatoes. I say kefir. You can say no. kefir.
1: <laughs> we need to get a ethnic person on For to give sure. us some insight into that.
2: My grandma says kefir, so I feel like that's probably not right. Yeah, so but I you're I in say the, the south, opposite. so
1: everybody's called a heifer. You know?
2: <laughs> right. So I feel yeah. like that has to be wrong. So I just yeah. say kefir.
1: Well, so my my wife's family's Lebanese and they make a they make their own yogurt and they call it leban uh, i think the, the formal it's lebna okay. but they use their own cultures and so nice. we always get a healthy dose of homemade yogurt uh, at home okay uh the problem with yogurts in general is you all the additives add right
2: the s- add the, st- the good stuff to it yeah, yeah
1: you got to make it uh, so <laughs> i'm just going to read from mark sisson's little handy dandy book here that i learned from Fiber defined as indigestible components of food that pass through the intestinal tract and are eliminated. Fiber is lauded as healthy because it scrubs the colon of harmful bacteria and potentially cancerous agents. Since fiber is indigestible but still needs to be processed and eliminated, a meal containing fiber will delay the absorption of carbohydrates in the bloodstream, thus moderating the insulin response. Now, that goes back to our conversation on... uh, the
2: uh our our glucose hacks yeah
1: uh yes that one uh so eating something high in fiber Mm -hmm. prior to meals right um so i'm gonna eat my normal regular scheduled friday meal tonight so i have been eating bell peppers and you know maybe some broccoli and carrots but it sounds like what could i change to yeah Uh, maybe
2: you could add do you like artichoke
1: I do, but I I have to roast it and make mm. that little sauce that goes with it, and pinch mm-hmm. them out of their little leaves, and
2: mm-hmm. maybe you could do a little bean salad, maybe mm. a little, and put some vinaigrette in it.
1: Oh, oh, yeah, but I just how about just olive oil? I don't like the sweetness of vinaigrette.
2: Well, not okay, not vinaigrette. Maybe like vinegar and like salt, and pepper, oh, or maybe yeah. like a little apple cider vinegar. So we do
1: that commonly because you know we it's garden season, so we have mm-hmm. the cucumbers growing, so Tomatoes. we like to. But those aren't really registering on the fiber list here.
2: But you add the beans in with it.
1: Oh, so i got to get the beans going. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so fiber also speeds the transport of nutrients through the digestive tract to accelerate satiety.
2: Yes, which yeah. means how you feel about your food, like your fullness, basically. Yeah, satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Fiber supports digestive and immune health by inhibiting the absorption of fatty acids in the small intestine, delaying them to be absorbed by the colon. I did not know that.
2: That's a that's we're getting real deep there, but that is a benefit. We're there. We're only like forty minutes of the podcast, (laughs) so we got to get deep. That's where the weight loss comes in. Oh yeah, I think so. Well, 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 and being more satisfied and full too.
1: So the fiber delays absorption of fatty acids to the colon because those colon bacteria need it. They need the medium chain and the small chain.
2: Exactly. uh, Fatty
1: acids. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Let's see. Unfortunately, these beneficial effects of fiber are realized when consumption levels are moderate, as in the case with the fibrous vegetables, fruits, nuts, and seeds in an ancestral type of eating pattern. Man, it's getting. He's pushing his own agenda there. (laughs) Um, So we have a fiber expert now commenting. She wrote the book Fiber Menace. Have you ever read that?
2: I have not. Never heard of it, actually.
1: All right. She believes that a grain-based diet results in excessive fiber intake, resulting in nutrient depletion and digestive irregularities, the exact opposite of what you've been led to believe. I don't know, I don't wanna touch that one.
2: Yeah, you know, I'll say with that, uh, in my experience, uh, people who I would say eat a very high like carbohydrate diet and you would think maybe you get a lot of fiber, it's actually just really not true. Most of those people aren't getting those high fiber carbs. They're not eating beans and lentils or even whole grains, they're eating whatever you get at the fast food place down the road.
1: But we all know the song about the magical fruit. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um so do you think so it's saying here excessive fiber intake can promote can promote flatulence, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. bloating, gas, cramping and the body struggles to process this indigestible agent and food digestion is delayed. Yeah. Um so that would give us insight to when we eat a big bowl of beans mm-hmm. why we get What's happening? So we should pepper in our fiber, not eat it well, all. Well, and actually, meal. this
2: is a really important thing because I forget to say this sometimes as a dietitian. I know it, but I don't always say it. If I'm recommending for you to increase your fiber, I do not mean you need to double it tomorrow because you will be hurting. <laughs> um, and you should also as and your, you incre- your wife won't like you, right? No. <laughs> your family and friends will not like you. But you should also as you increase fiber gradually, you should increase water intake too.
1: Okay. And why is that Uh,
2: mostly just to help with that digestive process to get the benefit of the fiber? Right. mm -hmm. Okay.
1: Well, what else about fiber do we need to to cover? Um, you know, do we we solve anything?
2: I don't know if we've solved anything. I think what we've said is we're all deficient and we need to eat more. Um, I was telling you earlier, kind of what's a, a rule of thumb. And this is kind of getting pretty specific, but I think it's helpful to know if you want to go home, track your food, track what you eat for one day. Don't make any changes. Track what you eat for one day, see how much fiber you get. My guess, not you specifically, but in general, the you. I'm pretty low. That's the reason
1: I got interested in this because I think I'm low.
2: Okay. So my guess is probably around 15 grams a day.
1: And what's the daily recommended?
2: And so generally a rule of thumb for every thousand calories that you're eating, um, about 14 grams of fiber. So if you have a typical like, you know, close to 2,000 calorie diet, uh, about, you know, 25 to 30, somewhere in there.
1: Yeah, the old ADA here or the RDA is 28 grams of fiber. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, how do you have this conversation with people that have had a gastric sleeve or a duodenal switch or a gastric bypass? when they're only getting 1,000, 1,200 calories a day, do they back that back down to 14 grams of fiber or do they still try to get the 28 grams of fiber?
2: I think it all depends on how far out from surgery you are. You know, are you... Yeah, the first
1: six months, probably not going to get Exactly.
2: Yet. Like the first six months, honestly, you may... I mean, you may not even be getting 14. Uh, that's not ideal, but we, you know, we can work on that. But if you're a couple years out, you've been maintaining for a while, I think you can start boosting it up. You know, I think you're able to get more fiber. You've got more space. You're more in tune with you know your needs, and also with the protein that far out, you don't need as much as you did in the very beginning. Um, so you can kind of start backing off on some of those other food items that are filling you up, and then you have more room naturally for the fiber. But when I talk to somebody who's a little sooner out from surgery, you'll say within the first year, I'm usually recommending some of those fat sources of fiber that aren't particularly high in fiber, but they're also the lower carb options, so you can. Get uh, you know the flax seeds, the chia seeds are actually kind of high in fiber or carbs. Um, but then avocados, things like that. That's where I'm usually recommending you add in your fiber when you're a little bit sooner out from surgery.
1: Okay. Now, what can somebody do in the first one month, three months? If I I do sometimes uh, recommend like Metamucil in that sure. that setting so it's like the only thing you can you can kind of get in. You're not back mm-hmm. to the raw veggies yet. You're not back to mm-hmm. Uh, situations like that. So what, what are your recommendations in those, the, say the first three months?
2: So my first line of defense would always be, try the foods first. Okay, so um, specific brands of yogurt. Actually, you know, if you're already doing like a Greek yogurt once a day or something like that to get some of your protein and some of your fat, a lot of them actually have some fibers added. Um, Usually it's more of like a synthetic type fiber, like an inulin or a chicory root, but it's fiber and that will help you. Um, So make sure that you're choosing those products. Um, The Oikos triple zero, I'll just plug that. Maybe they can pay me eventually, but. (laughs) (laughs) That one has the fiber. If you're listening. Yeah.
1: (laughs) We're open for sponsorship.
2: So there's that. And then you can also, whether it's into your yogurts or into your homemade protein shakes, you can always add those things that I just said. So you can always add a little bit of avocado into your shake. You can always add the flax seed. The ground up flax seed is the one that you want to get milled or ground flax seed, not the actual seed itself.
1: So I'm going to plug one thing that I've been doing, uh, and I was at a, retreat, my hippie retreat in Kentucky with the wild oh. health folks. Uh-huh. And there was a cardiologist there and I was asking him because you know, I'm a pretty clean eater but my cholesterol is still a little high, LDL is still a little high. And I'm like, I want these red numbers to go away. And he's like, first, calm down. Those red numbers aren't all that it's made up to be. But he recommended using uh, shelled hemp hearts. hmm hemp um, hearts, yep. And the, for two reasons. Uh, number one, they're significantly high in omega-3s. Mm-hmm. And they're high in fiber. So I literally sprinkle this on everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, In my soups, chilies, Mm -hmm. uh, I put it on my eggs. Uh, I like cottage cheese in the morning with um, organic hemp hearts, uh, Mm -hmm. shelled hemp hearts, seeds. Mm -hmm. That's a mouthful. And then I, uh, sometimes I'll drizzle just a little bit of local honey in there Mm -hmm. and stir that up. Sure. And I'm getting my labs checked soon. So I can't Uh. comment on any of this worked, but that's, this is been my go-to to try to get more and you know it's, it's growing season so a lot more vegetables in my diet um, but this has been the one thing that I've added I, I, he recommended this over chia seeds over mm-hmm. flaxseed because it's multi-purpose you getting, you're getting some protein you're getting some omega3s mm-hmm. and you're getting a good source of fiber.
2: yeah I think the hemp parts are higher in the omega-3s than flaxseed but flaxseed is another one uh, that you can get omega-3s from plus the fiber.
0: Hmm. So, but how, but how much I fiber? Do, What's my not, bang per bucket? Not or? much.
2: I don't know. Like for maybe a tablespoon of flaxseed, I feel like you might get three or four grams fiber. Probably not even that. Maybe three. Hmm. But I keep like a a mason jar of ground flaxseed in my fridge and like for my kids, you know, if I am going to make them pancakes, I'm going to put a bunch of flaxseed in there. Try to try to slow that. Yeah. Glucose absorption. <laughs> uh If I, if they're getting yogurt, I usually put a little bit in there. If we're ever baking something, I mean, it goes in anything, um, hemp hearts, same thing and you don't, I mean, you don't really taste it. It doesn't have a, people always ask me that, what's it going to taste like? It doesn't really, I mean, it's just adds a little bit of texture to it.
1: Hmm. A little crunch.
2: A little crunch. Yeah. M- maybe there. a little nutty flavor, but nothing nothing crazy.
1: All right. I feel like we haven't we haven't beat this subject up enough. What else can we talk about? Um, oh, don't give me the frowny face.
2: <laughs> I think we've done yeah. such a good job making it sound like we know what we're talking about, right?
1: Uh, yeah. I fully admit that I <laughs> don't know a lot about fiber, but I should.
2: Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if we can beat it anymore, but I think <clears throat> it's just so underestimated, and we don't really... Uh, well, so let's talk about this. Like we talked about like gut bacteria and you know what, like when you're recommending somebody probiotics, let's say food aside, you know, we're going to get our probiotic from a supplement. What's one of the things that you recommend to look for in a probiotic? Uh,
1: so I, I have a friend that makes probiotics for cows and the challenge with probiotics is what is it doing? Mm -hmm. Uh, Is it measurable? Can you
2: like? Is it actually increasing your good bacteria? Exactly. Uh,
1: And then I think we're just now understanding which bacteria are good, Mm -hmm. and uh, and specifically relating to to the symptoms you're you're having, whether it's irritable bowel, whether it's weight gain, like which bacteria Mm -hmm. uh, should we be should we be promoting? And then when you put it in a pill form, um, is it getting to the place where it needs to Mm -hmm. go? I mean, the human gut is a complex. Situation Like when he makes cow probiotics, I mean, he's just getting it to the rumen. Uh, sure. So it's, it's, they're trying to affect how the food is broken down, not so much how it transports through. Um, there are some commercially available tests now that are, I think they're getting a lot better, uh, like uh, Everlywell, uh-huh. um, Thorn, uh, yeah. you can do a little poop smear. mm mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. Not a pap smear, but a poop <laughs> Um Wildly and, different. And so if I was, the question is, like, if I was going to start taking a probiotic and not trying to get it from natural sources, yogurt, mm-hmm. kefir, kefir, whichever one, <laughs> um, and the foods that I'm eating, like, would I want to test first to see if I'm even making a difference? That's my challenge with probiotics.
2: Sure. Yeah. But
1: I think for the most part, it's a good thing. Uh, yeah. Which one do you recommend or what's what's the dosage and...
2: Right. Yeah. And that's the thing is that we really, you know, we really don't know. And so it's similar to fiber. But I do think that if we're just going to like kind of throw it out there and guess if we're not going to do these tests and things like that your best bet is going with a variety. You know, not the acidophilus that you pick up at Walmart for, I don't know, $3 for six months.
1: That's been on the shelf and transported (laughs) through a hot truck and who knows what you're getting.
2: Uh, But you know, you get the ones that have maybe like, you know, I always tell people, look for one that has at least five strains of bacteria. And so I think- The good ones? The good ones. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The good bacteria. The good bacteria. Uh, whatever those may be. <laughs> I actually just got a list recently of like which bacteria, um, you know, kind of are related to each disease process.
1: Do you want me to push pause so you can get it?
2: Um, I, Yeah, push pause so I can get it.
1: All right. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back.
2: I have it on my... this antibiotic, but um, if you want to know specifically some strands for that, um, L-acidophilus, L-casei, C-A-S-E-I, or L-rhamnosus, right? So those are some good ones for the antibiotic related. Um, Let's see, if you have any type of like, Oral bacteria going on, you know. Sometimes people get thrush, or you've got tonsillitis, laryngitis, you know, some sort of infection there. Um, look for the L. R.E.U.T.E.R.I.
1: I just gargle with chlorine. Is that not good?
2: <laughs> Peroxide? I don't yeah, know. no, I'm just kidding. I mean, don't I... do that. We're not advertising that
1: as a treatment for don't COVID drink or bleach. mouth bacteria. <laughs>
2: Uh, yeah, so those are just a few, you know, if you've, um, there's list online that you can look at. If you've got any of those specifically, you can look at some of those, um, probiotic supplements that you could, you know, treat that specifically with.
1: Now, what's the term prebiotic?
2: Yeah. So prebiotic is really just a fancy term for fiber fiber that feeds your good gut bacteria.
1: So does not all fiber feed the good bacteria?
2: Insoluble fiber doesn't. Soluble fiber does. How'd
1: you leave this out?
2: Oh Yeah. Ideally, probably because, yeah. you know, we weren't prepared,
1: <laughs> weren't
2: prepared. <laughs> uh. Uh, but yes, yeah, soluble fiber is what feeds your good ba- gut bacteria. Soluble. Soluble.
1: Okay. Run us through again. What soluble fiber is?
2: Okay. Soluble fiber is the one that uh, dissolves. All right. And uh, basically is going to bulk up your stool. So um, you got your nuts, your seeds, all, um, the, all the stuff we talked about. Yeah. Right? All the stuff yeah. we talked about, veggies, stuff like that. Okay. That's your soluble. Except for corn, that's insoluble. Except for corn, that is insoluble. Yeah. Yep. And you know, it's, that's also where you get kind of hairy because most natural foods aren't just one type of fiber. Yeah. They're you're usually both.
1: So they kind of come. But so the the insoluble fiber is not bad for the bacteria. It's just not good. Correct. Right. Right. It's, right. it's just, just not, not
2: benefiting. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So you're not feeding the bacteria with that fiber. You're right. just motility, transiting exactly. things along. You got it. Uh, so we wanted to briefly touch on how can you make starches more resistant, uh, and, and kind of encourage that fiber action in some mm-hmm. of the foods that we eat, yep. not that we advocate eating a lot of these foods, but mm-hmm. sometimes it's, it comes down to the way you cook it. And, right. uh, so you can think back, well, how did grandma used to do this? Mm-hmm. Right. Sure. Cause there was one thing I always remembered, uh, my grandma always soaked every bean that, mm-hmm. that she cooked for 24 hours in yes. water. Yes. And, you know, when she cooked mashed potatoes, cook Mm -hmm. them, let them cool, add all the butter back in, all the good stuff, salt (laughs) and cream. That's Uh, right. And then she would reheat it. Yes. Same Mm -hmm. way with rice, cook, Mm -hmm. bring to room temperature, then reheat. Right. So what does that do uh, to those foods?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, scientifically, I don't know what it does, but what what comes out in the end product, right? If you have, let's say you, you know, cooked the rice, you let it cool, you put it in the refrigerator even, maybe the next day you you have it, you heat it up. Um, What that has done somehow, some way, Um, it's changed the nature of the starch that's in there. And so what happens when you eat that reheated rice, uh, it doesn't have as significant of effect on your blood sugar. So if you were, let's say one day, maybe we can get blue to do this experiment with his CGM, but um, his glucose monitor, you know, one day you have the rice that's just freshly cooked right off the stove. You eat, let's say, I don't know, half a cup of it and see how your blood sugar responds. But then the next day after it's been reheated, um, because of that denaturing of the starch, you know, the breaking down of it, it shouldn't raise your blood sugar as high. And mm. so, if you are going to eat something like rice or potatoes or oats or any of that, it would be best if you could cook it, allow it to cool, and then eat it reheated.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I've told you every, read, I'm reading this book, Proteinaholic, where he touts, mm-hmm. you know, a high carbohydrate diet to, to being the key to, to health, health and wellness, wellness which mm-hmm. we, it's not our motto, but. Yep. And they like all these kind of blue zone conversations where people live and they're healthy, you know, sometimes they can be fairly high carbohydrate Mm -hmm. diets. Uh, so you look at certain Asian countries, uh, Mm -hmm. that are eating lots of rice, Japanese cultures, which are eating a lot of, uh, purple potatoes, (laughs) um, but I, what the one thing he doesn't comment on, which I think it's, it's, it's unfair to have that conversation without telling people the full details, is they, they cook things differently. differently.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And so if you're gonna um, uh, c- compare those, those cultures it, to ours and say, hey, do this, like you need right. to say, hey, look, uh, these people aren't just whipping up some mashed potatoes and eating them. Right. Uh, they're, not, they're not cooking up rice and chowing down. Like, there's a whole process to make that better for For sure.
2: And you're, you you can not just pick and choose. You can't just cherry pick. Oh, well, I'm going to eat rice like this or potatoes like that. I mean, it's also the whole picture too. They're not eating um, rice the way that we eat rice, you know, they're not eating Or the same type of rice. Right, or the same type of rice, exactly. So you got to look at the whole picture for sure.
1: Okay. Dr. Blue just walked in. Does he have anything to say?
2: (laughs) Blue, what do you know about fiber?
0: Well, I tell you, I just got a quote. Oh, he has a
1: quote oh, wait, for us. Wait, wait, hold on, we gotta we gotta uh, turn your microphone on. <laughs> Here, come Just use like. this one. We're gonna we're gonna take a brief pause and come back with a third microphone. We're back after our second pause of this <laughs> podcast. Uh, Doctor Blue's with us. We're going to get his two cents and then uh see where that goes yeah i heard y'all are talking about fiber
0: so i rushed down here to talk about it thanks for joining um because i i will say this adding a lot of fiber into my diet this last year has been to me one of the things that's been instrumental in in uh not only helping me regulate my blood glucose but uh feel better Mm -hmm. i i think the more i'm learning um our Gut health and all the bacteria in our gut, keeping them healthy and, and happy, keeps us healthy and happy. It's just oh, like okay. a, it's just like a wife and kids. It's just it's like, like a wife <laughs> and kids. <laughs> Better for happy you. Dad, I, I like it. To this too is is we're learning in farming that you know soil health. It's all about keeping for you for you non West texaners that soil health. <laughs> My wife gives me a hard time (laughs) on how I pronounce it. (laughs) She's like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Um, But there's, in the soil, okay, um, there's a lot of bacteria and life. And in our current way of farming, we put a lot of stuff on it that kills that. And we're realizing that when you keep that soil alive, that it feeds the crops it gives them the phosphorus the nutrition that they need it's a symbiotic relationship so in us it's the same way but our conventional diet today with all the poisons and toxins it kills all those good gut bacteria and therefore it affects our health and so this is a quote I always get these little quotes by Dr. Hyman every day and it's a little lengthy, but I think it's it's very important. It says your gut is your second brain, uh, but consists of over two hundred million neurons and makes about ninety to ninety-five percent of your serotonin, your feel-good neurotransmitter. So you look at depression in America right now. I think it's a yeah. lot of it's related to gut yeah. health. Yeah.
1: Sure. Well, just look at SSRI use mm-hmm. and prescription. So.
0: He goes on. He says a healthy, balanced gut microbiome is key for fighting depression, anxiety, and more. Support your gut by eating a whole foods diet, and get rid of gut busting insults like sugar and seed oils, and see how your mental health improves. Mm-hmm. And I just think that most of our, a lot of our medical issues, insulin resistance, weight gain, um, IBS, uh, irritable bowel syndrome, all that is related to all the junk we we put in our diet and so getting back to adding more vegetables um i do a fiber supplement i'm going to plug one it's called athletic greens mm-hmm. uh, it has a lot of uh, good healthy natural fiber to it uh, i do uh, flaxseed chia seed i add that in my whatever i'm doing that morning and i think you just have to give these bacteria what they want and it they take care of
1: you so uh, ignore all the Recommendations that Chelsea and I gave you before that <laughs> were the we, flaxseed and chia seed. Uh, <laughs> uh, she, oh, no. no. So we, no recommended we, were, yeah, we recommended them. No, we were, We were just talking about the biggest bang for your buck fiber-wise. Yeah. And uh, flax and chia is not as high as people think it is, but it's still
0: a good source. It's still a uh, great
2: source, absolutely. Yeah better than, I don't know, french fries.
0: Belveeta crackers.
2: Belveeta crackers, better yeah. than those, yeah.
0: I do some inulin, that's another mm-hmm, one. Mm-hmm. Um, you can buy that in a powder
1: can you, can form. Can you speak to inulin? Uh, I've read mm-hmm. a little bit about inulin and gut health and I haven't really dove into it, but you can you can supplement inulin. But mm-hmm. inulin comes naturally from, If you, you talk about it, I'm gonna Google.
0: Yeah, I think uh, the way I see it, it's more, one of the big sources I think is artichoke. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think it's, I don't uh, I'm just going off memory but it's kind of both a digestible and a or it's a um it's soluble it, and insoluble Well that and then <laughs> your bacteria love it because it's going to produce the butyrate and all those other key things that are truly what turns your immune system on and helps you um um become less Insulin resistant and things like that, and And
2: I think specifically, don't you may Google me on this, but I think inulin maybe comes specifically from the Jerusalem artichoke. That's
1: what I was about to say. Is that right? Yeah, specifically the Jerusalem artichoke. I have never eaten one of those in my life. The (laughs) artichokes that I've purchased to see if they're from the Jerusalem. they are not. (laughs) But uh, also inulin found the two the two most commonly consumed and highest uh, are onions and garlic. Mm-hmm. Uh and you can also get it from chicory root. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which was also crazy because where I grew up, that that you know, all the Cajuns down there, they add mm-hmm. chicory to, everything. to their coffee. Like every morning they add chicory. Hmm. Interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. Yeah, pay and attention it's to those in it's ancestors. in Oiko's
2: Triple Zero yogurt. I think Oiko's Triple Zero has the chicory root in it.
1: Oh, there we go. What's Triple Zero mean?
2: It has zero. Sugar, zero artificial sweeteners, and zero something else. I don't remember the third oh, one. Oh,
1: man, you just Rick parried us. Um.
2: Oh, I know. Maybe z- it might be zero fat, which, you know, is not great, but yeah, you win some, you lose some. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: yeah, specifically the Jerusalem artichoke. I'm going to see if I can find one of those.
0: Um, I want just a personal story that, that this last week that I've learned. Uh, so if I'm in my normal routine doing my athletic greens, doing my inulin, doing my chia, my flax seed. Um, I usually have a good softbound movement every morning, same time. It's literally the between trumpet's call, six brr- to brr- seven o'clock. It set
2: an alarm by it, yeah.
0: Uh, it's after my coffee, which I think mm-hmm. is a good, uh, also a good thing to kind of keep you regular. Um, but this last weekend, I went off the rails on my diet, and I ate a lot of sugar. Uh, and two things that happened: one, I became extremely bloated. Okay, and. And I became severely constipated, and so the mechanism behind that: when you add sugar, it causes those sugar-loving bacteria to go crazy, and it kind of they kind of take over your gut and crowd out all the good ones, mm-hmm. and and so a lot of the constipation and diverticulitis and diverticulosis that we're fighting in America, um, it's it's a lot of we give these bacteria a lot of sugar they produce methane Mm -hmm. and that's what ultimately causes the crampy bloating diverticular constipation all those problems and so cut out sugar and add fiber in your diet Mm
2: -hmm. from the right places
0: correct
1: (laughs) all right do something good and make the planet green there we go produce less methane uh, (laughs) humans (laughs) (laughs) not just the cows there you go all right um well Anything else from, from you guys? No. Dr. What Blue, you're a late, late, late entry. Yeah, you sure you don't have anything else you want to get across?
0: No. that's That's what I wanted to share.
1: Okay. Everybody go out and research some fiber.